Good morning. This is Darrell Gunter, your host for leadership on WSOU 89.5 FM and streaming on the net at WSOU.net. Well, thank you for joining us for part two of our blockchain webinar focus seminar focused on helping you as the business leader to understand blockchain and how it will positively impact your business. Joining us is our expert on blockchain, Mr. Kenneth A. Goodwin Jr., who is the Senior Managing Principal and President of Genesis Capital Markets that is based in New York. Kenneth, welcome back to the program. Good morning, Darrell. Thank you again for having me back this morning. It's such a beautiful morning here in New York City, and I'm happy to be on the air at WSOU uh, 89.5 FM with you this morning. Always a pleasure. Always Man, a pleasure. I'm telling you, the I, I can tell by the hits on our podcast that this is becoming, this series that, that we're doing on blockchain is becoming one of our biggest ever. So, hey, we're going to talk about fintech today. And for our audience, what is fintech? Define it for us. Well, Darrell, fintech or Financial technology, which is the, the long word for fintech, the way I describe fintech is that fintech is computer programs or algorithms and other frontier technology that's used to support banking and financial systems. And Darrell, the key thing about fintech is that fintech is there to disrupt the traditional financial methods in the delivery of financial uh, services and products. So they're gonna compete against some of the traditional products and services that banks and broker dealers are offering. So that's how I look at FinTech in a very short um, way in a nutshell. And so as we, 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 we define FinTech, uh, let's talk about how what are going to be the block? The, you know, what what are going to be the emerging blockchain fintech applications? Oh, that's a great question, Darrell. I mean, you have so many out there. So let's focus on the very fundamental areas of blockchain fintech uh, applications. The fundamental ones that I see, Darrell, is you have the remittances and payments. You have custody and settlement. You have uh, big data which is really the, the basis for FinTech uh, financial technology. You have cloud and cloud computing. Uh, one of my favorites that I see, uh, Darrell, is cybersecurity. And when I think of the blockchain black platform and, and the discussion that we had in our first series, we talked about privacy. Cybersecurity and cybersecurity risk are, is very critical on the blockchain platform. So you do, and what you're starting to see now is more applications in that uh, area. Insurance technology, uh, the use of insurance products and insurance uh, services uh, that is used in the area of FinTech. Uh, healthcare, uh, which is what we are uh, very accustomed to today. Healthcare technology, uh, personal finance. And personal finance, uh, Darrell is, you know, from investment to uh, financing your everyday uh, balance sheet at home. 
uh, your income statements, your spending habits, your buying habits, all those things that we do on a day-by-day basis when we go grocery shopping. You know, there's technology that allows for us to see how we are managing our money, uh, how we are managing our banking accounts, uh, reg technology, regulatory technology, which is also very critical in the banking industry that covers risk and across the risk spectrum, we're looking at credit risk, liquidity risk, operational risk, market risk, uh, wealth technology. How do we maintain our wealth? Uh, how do we actually build for wealth? So all these different types of platforms, uh, one of the key ones that I'm seeing now, what I call an emerging frontier technology, is the use of algorithms and it's the use of quants. So quantitative and algorithms of trading where individuals or applications are out there that allow for us to have access to financial information, but also being able to do trades uh, with ease. Uh, so that's, those are the areas uh, within the uh, blockchain fintech applications that are really are starting to be um, at a point of research and development. You're going to see a lot more of that in the first quarter as well as the second quarter. And, and so right now, um, if there was one application that's a blockchain application in fintech that you're seeing, that you're experiencing right now, which one could you point us to? So if someone wanted to see an example, a live example uh, working in real life. Well, I'm going to be biased here. Uh, we worked here at Genensis. We advised several fintechnology firms as well as blockchain firms. And currently, we've been very fortunate to work with a firm based in California called IGO. And, and that's A-I-G-O. And IGO, uh, we've been fortunate to be a part of about three months ago. We participated and we advised I go at an event here in New York City at NASDAQ. And it was called NASDAQ Bicom event. And at that event, you had several former NBA, NFL celebrities, but you also had uh, several family office investors who were in attendance, as well as several firms. We selected uh, three cybersecurity firms, three blockchain firms, and three artificial intelligence firms. And one of them happened to be IGO. And IGO used what they call third wave artificial intelligence off the blockchain platform. And the goal of IGO and third wave, just to give you a step, I know that we have a, a, the next series is on artificial intelligence, but this could be a nice window to that. A third wave uh, uses, uh, goes beyond machine learning and deep learning. It touches the area of cognitive theory and cognitive thinking. So the idea is that you received and you, you've captured so much data, but you're able to use that data in a way to create probability uh, matrices and situations. So it, it, it helps to provide a way of, of assistance, but most importantly, it helps to provide solutions. So give you an example is uh, you use Amazon Echo. Echo 
basically it's prescribed questions and answers. And so what Echo does is Echo tries to capture your voice. So there's a voice recognition to it. But it also, at the same time, it also tries to match within their prescribed questions, your questions. So they have answers to your questions. IGO is quite different. IGO probes you. So it's probing Darrell and it basically tries to capture, get a basic understanding of what would Darrell do next. And then it would have a probability matrix and say, we've learned enough. We learned these patterns and we're able to provide an outcome before Darrell would ask the next question. So there's a difference there because now you're providing a solution before because it's learned so much about you. And that technology is what they call third wave technology. And that's very exciting because that leads into uh, the fourth wave and the fifth wave and the fifth wave technology singularity. So I go uh, have this application uh, that will, I think is gonna be very disruptive in the industry. Uh, there's a great opportunity for it to be used uh, in so many different areas. And the areas that you and I spoke about earlier, Darrell, in terms of the fin technology areas uh, from you know, from personal finance uh, to insurance technology to wealth technology. Now, IGO will probably more than likely be that kind of firm to help. But most importantly, you're starting to see, you know, other impactful individuals in this area. So you have, you know, fourth generation, uh, Kai-Fu Lee, who's very uh, well recognized in that space, uh, mentions a lot about fourth uh, evolution of artificial intelligence and he also has done a lot in blockchain and then fifth evolution as you and I know is singularity so singularity is key uh, reaching the fifth evolution and those are the things that you hear from Tesla uh, you hear that from singularity university with Reese Jones and those people out there but they all are part of the blockchain fintech um, applications um, and they've been doing a lot in that area Question for you: If, if I'm a, <clears throat> a small businessman, and when I say small businessman, you know, someone with revenues, let's say two million or less, is this something that I should be paying very close attention to, or is or is this just something that, uh, technology-wise, is beyond my balance sheet? What are your thoughts about that? I think there's a great opportunity in that area. The venture capitalist loves it. They actually love the fact that you are at a point of, you say 2 million or less. So 2 million from a VC standpoint, uh, you definitely have revenue. So you pass seed level. Uh, you go mostly maybe into first stage A and, and late stage A. So for a small firm, and it starts off small, the realm. It doesn't really start off large. So a lot of these companies that we deal with, uh, give you an example, Risk Focus. Risk Focus is based here in New York, and I don't want to be biased towards these firms here in New York. I'm just using them as examples. But this particular firm is a reg technology firm. And they started off with about less than $1 million, but now they were able to raise capital 
and received a $10 million capital injection. And that gave them the opportunity to use that, those funding to develop and build out their applications and platform. And they're able to you know, look at MIDFID issues in Europe. Um, they're looking at CCAR, comprehensive capital all allocation reviews for major institutions like the Morgan Stanleys and the HSBCs of the world. So it starts off small. It's usually starting off with a very small group of dedicated individuals who have backgrounds in engineering and technology and finance, which tends to be a very nice mix. And they're just taking their passion, able to produce a very nice uh, POC, proof of concept, which leads on to an MVP. And then they're able to go about and meet with different types of investors. Uh, and the MVP being, is the minimum viable product for, yes. for, for our audience. <laughs> thank you, Darrell. Thank you. I don't want to use too much acronyms. So thank you so much. No, acronyms are good. We just want to def, you know, define them for them so that uh, they'll, 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 they'll enhance their uh, acronyms as well. And, and they're able to take their products or their applications and, and be able to pitch. There's many, many different uh, uh, platforms to pitch to investors for, and that being angel investors, uh, that being seed investors, family offices are very much involved in this space. So the startup communities, it's the foundation for it. That's the foundation of innovation. And so what, do you th what would you say are some of the, the current hurdles that are facing the blockchain fintech applications. What, 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 what are the, the items, the bumps in the road that keep the, the CEOs and the CTOs who are developing these blockchain fintech applications up at night? It's interesting. Uh, here's, I like to separate the two, Darrell. Uh, the blockchain community um, have some challenges with, and we spoke about this in our prior uh, conversation um, in you know, blockchain technology itself the biggest challenge is interoperability the ability for different types of blockchain applications to communicate with each other uh, that's been a big challenge uh, of course one of the challenges that, that they're having is is a, of course as you mentioned privacy issues uh, which also provides an opportunity too because now what you're finding is more applications geared towards uh, privacy, uh, the ability for speed and uh, trying to use uh, energy, energy efficiency. Uh, so the scalability issue still continues to be an issue uh, within the community, as well as the, the ability of, um, of saying that there's a, a, a blockchain application that actually has value and that has a use case. Now, the fintech community is quite different because the fintech community is basically, they're uh, pre presenting applications that is going to make the way that they deliver products and services a lot more efficiently. So the fintech community actually have a better bl a blueprint in place. They have the staff, the human capital, uh, they have the engineers, and they're trying to solve or everyday uh, problems. So when you look at the major financial institutions, you know, they have deposits, 
they have lending, they have savings. The fintech community is just finding ways where people have access uh, to those different types of products and services. And they're doing it at a much more better speed. So the blockchain community issue is speed. The fintech community issue is how do you apply blockchain technology and AI to the current application? This is why our series is so critical because it touches in all those different levels. Uh, so that's, those are the challenges that I hear from a lot of the FinTech CEOs is, do we wanna use blockchain? Do we really need to use blockchain? How do we incorporate artificial intelligence in our current platform? And that requires them to do a lot of uh, financial capital, research and development, um, making sure that they're producing the same products and services. Uh, so those are the challenges that I see uh, in both communities. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here with Mr. Kenneth A. Goodwin, Jr., the Senior Managing Principal and President of Genesis Capital Markets. We are in the middle of uh, part two of our four-part series on blockchain. This week, we're talking about blockchain and fintech. And if you have missed any of this broadcast, you can catch the podcast it's on iTunes at Seton Hall University and look for leadership with Darrell W. Gunter. So, uh, Ken, when, when we talk about um, fintech and blockchain, what does your crystal ball say over the next 12 to 24 months? What are we going to see in regards to how uh, blockchain fintech is going to enhance our productivity? That's a great question, Darrell. Um, I, I see the next uh, six to 12 months, and I'm, I'm speaking in terms of looking at that crystal ball and looking at some of the changes that's going on in a macro environment. Uh, the macro environment, and I say the macro environment, uh, that being uh, the, the challenges that we have in, in China, uh, here in the US, uh, the potential slowdown in the overall economic environment, uh, which you're going to see, it's, that's quite interesting. Uh, you're definitely going to see more geared towards wealth, wealth technology. Uh, how do people sustain their wealth? Uh, cybersecurity technology uh, is going to be very critical as we are starting to use more uh, data, data analytics. Uh, we're starting to not just use data, but also share data, personal data. Uh, Cloud, I think cloud computing, which we didn't mention before, that data needs to be stored uh, somewhere else. So the cloud and how do we actually not just use the data in the cloud and store the data in the cloud, but see if, if there are spaces or rooms in the cloud that allow for data to be shared. So you, you hear this conversation being done at the larger uh, institutions such as Salesforce. Now, how are they able to use not just the cloud computing, but how are they able to use their third-party vendors that they have? And they have multiple vendors. Uh, so those big data is, is going to be critical. Everything starts with big data. How well we're we going to use big data. And, and to, to kind of close it out, artificial intelligence, which we have it already, you're going to see much more applications of AI by far. Uh, we're going to go past 
the level of first wave and second wave, uh, you're going to start to see third and fourth wave technology. Uh, I think we're at the fifth wave personally already. Uh, but you're starting to see much more third and fourth wave that, that may be implemented. Uh, maybe not on a large scale, but you'll see it at a very minute level. And part of that is to learn about you, to learn about us. The ultimate goal of artificial intelligence is, is the use of data, extracting data and using that information. And then at a point where it's going to you know, turn around and, and provide a result. So at the end of the day, it's managing uh, data. And I keep saying data, 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 but data is only good as data goes in and data goes out and how well you use it. So AI will come up with better ways of using um, the information that it receives from us. Would you also say that that third wave is, um, I want to use the word predictive analytics because it's predicting how you may behave based upon previous data points? It's definitely predictive analytics. Um, I would even call it that, actually. I would say that probably is the, and that's a good way to describe it, Daryl. Um, predictive analytics. Um, and I also like to say cognitive theory because it acts as a brain. Right, right. You know, the ultimate goal of that third wave is to become a brain. You know, there is a fear in this because what happens with predictive analytics and cognitive thinking is that it becomes very aggressive, meaning that it reaches a point of independence and it starts to challenge itself to say, where else can I get information? And, and that could be away from the subject matter. The subject matter could be you and I as humans, or it could reach out and say, well, we reached the point of ascertaining so much information from Darrell and myself, from Ken, that now we are going to find information from uh, other uh, computers. So now it's going to look at other technology and computers and be able to find ways to get information and seek control. And, and that's, that has happened. <laughs> so it's, this is a case, it's a real case that actually happened uh, before. I believe that was uh, with Facebook. I believe the Facebook example is kind of what they had some challenges there with, uh, with an algorithm that literally uh, took control basically, and then it retaught that algorithm to the actual engineers. So we don't want to reach to that point uh, to the degree, and, and that's a great conversation, Darrell, in our next um, radio broadcast on artificial intelligence. I'm looking. I'm looking forward to it. I'm I'm doing a little bit more research on the topic of AI. Uh, recently, uh, for one of my clients, I I did a presentation on AI, just as a primer for folks. And, um, you know, I was reading that, you know, AI uh, started back in, uh, with, with, with Turing back in 1945, but the phrase was coined, I believe in 1956, uh, as far as artificial intelligence. And uh, it's been growing with us ever since. Wow, that's amazing. And, and, and Igo, Peter Voss, 
uh, coined the term artificial general intelligence. So we were able to get someone who coined that term for dirt wave wow. artificial okay. intelligence. Mm-hmm. So we, we've been very fortunate to work with Peter and his people in California. Uh, so that's why I get to learn all my artificial intelligence. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. And, you know, and so as, as we talk about, um, you know, blockchain and fintech and, and, you know, leadership is all about leaders, uh, leading in a proper way um what 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 type of leader does it take to implement such new dynamic technology in the face of shareholders saying i want to return right away um uh, and other uh investments that they have to consider against that what, what type of leader does it take to lead in this way in your opinion that's a great question darrell and i i pause slightly just to to remember how I came across one of my great uh, uh, senpai. Senpai is the word in Japan for uh, senior, a senior leader. And this individual uh, taught me the fundamentals of paying attention to the community. We talk about shareholders. A lot of us, we tend to... Um, and mainly stakeholders. And the stakeholders are your, your peers, your competitors, uh, could be government. You know, it's that whole stakeholder chart that we learn in management one-on-one, um, you know, your family and friends. Uh, this individual actually, step-by-step, uh, step showed me the impact of each and every one of them. And I think oftentimes what happens when you manage and we manage for revenues and we manage our balance sheet and our income statement and we focus on the uh, cash flow, uh, both going in and out, we lose sight of the impact uh, that our shareholders and our stakeholders have and what are their needs. A, A leader is constantly feeling the pulse of all these shareholders and stakeholders. And they're balancing themselves to say, what are we doing in our mission as a firm? Does it still communicate and does it still provide the proper services for all these stakeholders? Because if you leave one alone, it's going to impact the other one. And that's to me is a great leader, able to find the empathy in themselves, him herself, himself or herself, and understanding the impact that each and every stakeholder has to the mission of that company. That's right. That's right. And so, in in in, in your opinion, let's talk about your leadership style because you have built up this phenomenal business in New York with your team. Um, you are a global business. What do you attribute your leadership traits to your success? And basically finding the right people and allowing brilliant minds. I always say that everyone is their own chief executive officer. Uh, So you have a team of CEOs that have goals and objectives, objectives and allowing them the space to work uh, definitely independently, but also at the same time as human nature, we want to develop ourselves. We want to grow. 
understanding that when you take that track, that it requires responsibility, is resp uh, requires a, a level of preparedness, but having the independence to do it and the encouragement to do it. So my leadership style is, it's like a wolf pack. And when you think of a wolf pack, the leader of the wolf pack is not in the front, but it's in the back. And the wolves in the front are the ones that are more senior, they have more season and they're more experienced. But the goal of the leaders in the front is to guide and direct. And then the course afterwards, you have the quick ones, you know, the ones that are fast. And, and they're there to protect the wolf pack. So my style is like a wolf pack style where everyone has a role to play, but they're played to the point of uh, at their strengths. I look at more strengths than weaknesses. Uh, and, and they're all CEOs. You know, you move out the way and you allow people to grow. And when you do that, then the stage becomes the world stage for them. And they tend to do very well. And they're more happy folks. That's, the goal is you want people to be happy at the end of the day. You want to produce results and be happy and grow. And I, I tend to find that uh, management style tends to work well for me. Uh, but it also works well in a global perspective too, uh, because you're able to get more results and, and you're able to have better continuity within a team. Wow, that is excellent. Ken, believe it or not, we are out of time, but I would like to take 30 seconds, if you could, for you to share with folks how they can get in touch with you if they want to learn more about Genesis Capital Markets, if they want to get involved with Genesis Capital. Where can they reach you? Sure, Darrell. We are based here in New York City. We definitely use social media. So we are involved in LinkedIn. Uh, you can find us on our LinkedIn page under Genesis Capital Markets on LinkedIn. You can also find us on our webpage at, uh, and I'm gonna www, and I hope I get this right, because I normally don't give out the <laughs> webpage. www.genensiscapmarkets.com. <laughs> so I'm hoping that's correct. If not, the next show, you'll probably hear me say the same thing all over again, Darrell. Oh, don't um, worry. I'm sure it is. And also when folks uh, look to, um, uh, you know, the LinkedIn pages and Facebook pages, we, we, we have you up there. So, um, but ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank our guest, Mr. Kenneth A. Goodwin Jr. He's the senior manager, principal and president at Genesis Capital Markets and Global Advisory as our guest. Ken, thanks again. And I'm looking forward to next week. Darrell, it's a pleasure. It's an honor and a privilege. And I am looking forward to next week too. You have a great day. Thank you so much. Ladies and gentlemen, that wraps it up for this week with Leadership with Darrell Gunter on WSOU 89.5 FM and streaming on the net at WSOU.net. Remember, leadership begins with you. Have a great weekend.